Our first event is the Blood in the Snow Age of Sigmar GT. It had 30 players and it was being held in Hull. I think it was organized, and I know it was organized, by the Hull's Angels. Here you can see their wargaming venue. There you can see it. Uh, I think you go, go through this door and you go upstairs, located very nicely between boys and also a vape shop opposite a super drug and a toasty. So real uh, real nice little place to play some Warhammer with a lot of mod cons available. Uh, the terrain was really good. It was organized by a TO called Mark. Um, and loads of people seem to have a really fun time. Uh, where is the snow? I think... It was January. Uh, it's meant to snow, uh, but uh, for some reason it hasn't. Uh, everyone keeps telling me it's because of electric cars. I don't know why. Um, that's a great question. So the event was won by Baz. Now, Baz is part of a wargaming group called the Warrior Lodge Boys. Uh, yeah, so Warrior Lodge Boys, the WLBs. Uh, I think they have like a gang symbol, WLBs. I can't do it, but they do it a lot. Uh, and Baz has been trying really hard with Daughters of Cain for a long time. Uh, Baz is a super lovely dude. And he was running in his list a Melisai Iron Scale. And he was running Doors of Cain uh, and he was running Calibron. So he's got a teleport available to him in his army. He then had Melisai Iron Scale as the general who was a zealous orator, which meant that you were going to be able to rally units on a 4+. plus. had the Arcane Tome, which made that character that's not normally a wizard, a wizard. And then it was bonded to the Cronspine Incarnate of Gur, which is a monster that isn't a monster. It's an incarnate that doesn't really die, but kind of has 18 wounds. And there's a load of other stuff. So it's quite an interesting kind of conundrum for your opponent. Do you kill the Iron Scale and make it so the Cronspine goes wild, which means it gets plus one to hit, and also can run and charge, or do you let it stay alive and let it do four-up rallies on the units? Then Marathi and the Shadow Queen. Uh, Marathi obviously can only take three wounds per phase. Marathi is a really good fighting unit, and there's also two of them as miniatures, so you can actually have little Marathi fighting really well and big Marathi fighting quite well, which is quite interesting. And then you've got two units of 10 Witch Elves. Also, uh, most importantly, Marathi's got the command ability which lets a unit within 24 inches fight or shoot in the hero phase, which is obviously really good on Marathi herself. Uh, also really good on the 15 Blood Sisters, or as we know them, the Fighty Snakes. So this is slightly different to a list that we normally see, which would have 15 Blood Stalkers, or as we call them, the Shooty snakes. Oh, sorry. It's the command ability is now within 18 inches, not 24. Thank you to Aldem. Um, so, yeah, these are the fighty snakes, not the shooty snakes. We normally see more shooty snakes than fighty snakes. Uh, then he had two units of 10 witch elves because you need a battle line unit, but they're actually a pretty good fighting unit in of themselves. Some units, are, like, they're 115 points, and some units are, like, 110, 100 points for a screen, but they'll do nothing back, I think of things like Karakakalites is a good example, where they kind of, like, they're like, they exist, I guess, or, um, but Witch Elves can actually genuinely put a little bit of hurt on at their price point. So in their slot, as like a screening battle line infantry unit, they're legit versus a bunch of other units. So they're very good. Uh, and then uh, there was a unit of the aforementioned 15 fighty snakes, which can rally on a 4+. plus. And then the Cronspine Inkerna of Gur. So you've got two models that can't automatically be slain on the first turn. Another unit of 30 wounds, which can rally on a 4+, plus in the army. And then you've got some witch elves. Uh, so uh, a very like a very competently survivable unit uh, army. Sorry, the army can just survive, take damage, be safe, and then engage with you. 
like like in like uh, and it's really good for fighting on objectives uh, it's just just really really solid so it's very aggro it's very menacing it's very it's, there's a lot of forward momentum in the list um yeah just really solid really 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 good uh, and he also had the endless spell the horror ghast so making it so his opponent won't be able to use inspiring presence which is also good as well when you're battling against something that doesn't die but your army will run away horror ghast is a pretty nice pick so Really solid, loads of output. Baz has been playing loads recently. Really happy for him. Great little result. Okay, in the 4 1 bracket, so four wins and one loss. We've got a couple of people. We've got Peter Twig running Sylvaneth, Daniel Bean running Iron Jaws, James McKenzie running Sinesh, and Pete Brizio running Ogre Moor Tribes. So let's look at these lists in a little bit more detail. The Silverleth list had a Warsong Revenant and a Celestine Prime. This was also in the Harvest Boon sub-faction. Two units of five Tree Revenants, a unit of nine Revenant Seekers, or the, the Butterfly Bugs, and six Spite Rider Lancers. So they're in a sub-faction where you get the pre-game move of 12 inches, uh, which is quite interesting. And they also move an additional 12. So it's a 24-inch threat range on this unit. You're doing AoE Mortal Wounds from the Warsong Revenant and the Celestine Prime for doing a load of damage into the enemy army. So your army wants to split apart and then these incredibly fast bug riders are going to charge in, fight, and then they're going to fade away. So strike and fade. It's quite interesting. Went 4-1. I quite like this. I saw two units of six do really well when we were at the Alliance Open event uh, last uh, last year. Um, and I'm a huge fan, personally, um, of these. One of the things that we, I've seen a lot of Sylvaneth lists try to do, although we're going to look at a list in a minute, it's going to laugh at me on this front, is what it's tried to do is it's tried to use its teleports to project power and threat the, threaten the opponent. This just is says, I'm going to move 24 inches. I don't need to cast a spell. I don't need to teleport through a tree. I don't need to do a six-inch rollable uh, charge. I'm going to move 24 inches, and I'm going to charge. And that really creates a different dynamic on how you play against it, and also what it threatens, it threatens its opponent with. I much prefer Silvermouth lists like this. I think it's more dynamic and more interesting, and I think probably also better. Um, so if I was going to run Sylvaneth in the future, it'd play like this. However, I'm not a Sylvaneth expert by any means, uh, and I'm actually going to be speaking to someone who went 5-0. I'll talk about that later. Okay, so next up, uh, uh, and that was by Peter Twig, by the way. Peter Twig with the Sylvaneth. Daniel Bean... Uh, Daniel Bean was running an Iron Jaws Blood Tooth list. He had a Mega Boss and More Crusher. The ability to dish out three commands uh, in any of the phases is really useful. Obviously, uh, Mighty Destroyers, which is the uh, ability Iron Jaws have to move in the hero phase or charge in the hero phase, means he can uh, triple move some units. He's also got the faster mount trait, which gives the Mega Boss and More Crusher a 36-inch move in one turn before it even charges. Two War Chanters, sorry, three War Chanters to buff up all the units to give them plus one damage on all of their melee profiles. One of them has got the Arcane Tome and has got the uh, the great big green hand of Gork. Then two units of six Gore Grunters, they move nine inches. So after they've been given uh, a Mighty Destroyer, they're going to move 18 inches and then they're going to charge. A unit of five R-Boys and then a Cronspine Incarnate of Gur again. Uh, to um, to do the damage because sometimes you got to ask yourself uh, what's in my list that's better that for 480 points and sometimes it's not so uh, there's nothing better in the list so just a load of melee damage very powerful uh, one of these lists these lists love to work on a double turn uh, or not even use a double turn you could use a cron spine charge it up in the first turn get into your opponent's army clear out all the screens and then your iron jaws army can just yeet itself in and beat everything up which is quite effective uh, as a process 
Then you had James McKenzie, and he was running Lurid Hayes and Nash. So Sash not doing particularly well in this GHB, or sorry, in the in the old GHB. Don't forget, this event was all old GHB. The Contorted Epitome, um, Sigvald and Glutus Osgolian. So this was in the Lurid Hayes Invaders Host sub-faction, which meant, means D3 units get to deep strike uh, after the game starts. Um, so then... Contorted Epitome, Sigvald, who's just a melee character, Glutus or Scullion, who is an all-rounder, really. 440 points of a wizard that can fight, that can heal, that can do damage, that can debuff the enemy as well. Glass is a really interesting kind of choice uh, on what he can, uh, like, in, in, an, in the army. It feels like he kind of has to go in an army. He kind of feels like he's an engine of the gods. And he's also kind of like uh, a screaming bell. But at the same time, you always see the engine of the gods and you rarely see a screaming bell. So he kind of fits in that position where he's like a support monster fighting unit and almost kind of like the linchpin of an army. Yet, I sometimes think doesn't do quite enough. And the stats obviously uh, reflect that. Uh, then two units of 22 Bliss Barb Archers, 41 shots. Uh, with Rend each. So that's going to be 82 shots coming out of that army every hero phase. Um, a unit of Hell Striders with Hell Scourges, two lots of five Centigore, they're going to be just there for screens, and then a unit of Bliss Barb Seekers. Then he's also got the Burning Head in his army. Now, the Burning Head is to cast through his own army uh, to do damage and kill a bunch of, uh, like, do a wound to each model in his army so that he generates depravity points, and those depravity points means he gets more summoning uh, in the army as well. Uh, the Bliss Barb Archers are obviously going to do an incredibly good job of generating summoning as well. You do Every time you do damage to a unit, but you don't kill a unit, then you generate summoning points at the end for Celeste. So that's what he's going to be looking to do there. Uh, and then finally, uh, Pete Brizzo. Uh, Brizzo in the chat. Uh, Ogremore Tribes and Underguts. He had a Frostlord and Stonehorn, just a smashy melee monster um, with the Arcane Tome and Flaming Weapon, meaning he can do plus one damage on one of his melee weapons. He's got a Blood Pell Hunter, and he's got the awesome, uh, sorry, the gruesome, Orphi <laughs> the gruesome trophy rack, or the awesome trophy rack, which uh, he's been able to get because he's taken the Warlord Battalion. So Warlord Battalion allows you to take an extra enhancement, and enhancements uh, are things like artifacts, spell lore, uh, mount traits. So you take an extra artifact type, and then he's decided to take the an extra artifact. And he's taken the Gruesome Trophy Rat, which gives him plus one to hit against monsters and heroes, which is really useful because he's going to stand his Blood Pelt Hunter next to his three Iron Blasters, and they're just going to keep pew-pewing everything that they can down range. Uh, and then he has got a Slaughter Master with a Blubber Grub Stench, which means that the Iron Blasters are going to be able to do mortal wounds when they charge in. Uh, like, well, better mortal wounds. And then he's got two units of two Mornfang and Stonehorn Beast Riders. Uh, and then finally, a unit of 20 Noblars. So another big fighting monster, counting on loads on objective. Uh, Mornfang as battle line. Like, they're fine. Like, they're not great, but they're fine. Uh, and then 20 Noblars for screens, which is really useful as well. Uh, so uh, overall, pretty deadly set of lists from that event. Um, this is the Holes Angels, guys. Like, I'm sure what's really nice about this is, again, more and more smaller TOs, smaller events building up, having 30 players at their event, having a great time. People going to go back. Hull becoming a place that you can play Age of Sigmar, play Warhammer generally. Awesome. Love to see it. Uh, hope to see more events coming out of those guys soon. Our next event is the AOS Nottingham GT. This is a series of events that happen around the UK, run by the UK Tournament Circuit, UKTC. You can go find their website. Uh, they have Age of Sigmar events pretty much every month um, of various degrees, sizes, and scale. Uh, this one was run by Russ, 
uh, and uh, there were 40 players. So it's our largest event from this weekend. And again, like all the events from today, is going to be the last GHB. So Galician veterans, not Galician champions. Although Galician veterans are in the Galician champion one, but this is Galician veterans only uh, as an event. It was being held here in Nottingham, uh, right oh, just across from my house is where it was, at the Nottingham University, uh, this building. Uh, and the winner was Mr. Math Mallow from Team Lit. Uh, he's actually the captain of Team Lit. Um, his, uh, the other captain also came in second place. Uh, and Matt was running Silverneth. Now, uh, Silverneth, uh, as you may not know, haven't had many 5-0s. In fact, they've only had a single 5-0 uh, since their book came out. Everyone's been able to hit the 4-1 ceiling and that's it. So Matt with a real big 5-0 here. So this is pretty huge. And he said that he specifically, specifically brought it in uh, to try to deal with the techless and Lumineth Menace, which was very common at the GT. In fact, five of the top 10 lists at the Nottingham GT were Techless and some Sentinels. So uh, he was able to beat one of those, beating one of the better players in the world, Mr. Matt Goodsborough, Matthew Goodsborough, um, in the final. So he's playing Sylvaneth, Hartwood, and he had a Lariel and Arch Revenant, who was the general. He had six Colonel Hunters with great bows. Two lots of five tree revenants, a unit of gossamid archers, and three ether wings, and the spice swarm hive. Now, and this is all in a battle regiment, so it's a one drop. Matt told us how this uh, worked. Um, uh, well, because he stayed in my house last night. Uh, is how I know. But I'm also going to be doing an interview with Matt. Matt's agreed to come on and do an interview about how this list works and how he thinks some of the other uh, lists will work in the future. So, Alariel. Uh, was uh, so Alariel's in the list, and obviously Alariel's got like a, the ability to make anything once per game uh, a wildwood. So the ability to teleport through at any point, which is kind of like a persistent uh, threat through the whole game. Constantly, at any point, you think right, he could make it so that he can teleport basically anywhere. So you have to be really conscious of that when you play. So you're always just not being able to move or you've got a screen and all sorts of other stuff. Um, and then he had the Arch Revenant um, uh, for the additional attacks um, and specifically the plus one to wound on the Colonel Hunters with great bows. Two lots of five tree revenants to pop around the board, grabbing objectives and then running away. And then five Gossamid Archers to stop uh, anything that might try and want to charge in and also be able to shoot because on the two plus they run away. And then three Ether Wings. So, and the Spite Swarm Hive. He described it as a shooting castle he said it just basically did what Lumineth did better than what Lumineth did. And this is off the back of Matt having won a one-day event here recently uh, with that same Lumineth castle. So he says that this is just the anti-Lumineth castle that does what Lumineth does, but better. Which is quite interesting. I really enjoyed that. Right, so looking at the four ones, uh, we've got a bunch of uh, people who we know and I speak about a lot. Uh, so we've got Adam Mumford from Team Lit, the captain of Team Lit. You've got Matt Goldsborough of the Bad Moon Loons and Team Wales. Uh, Charlie Hollam, uh, so Mr. Colonel Cabbage from the Honest Volume crew, but also uh, from uh, not Southland Legion, the other guys from London. Uh, Glenn from Sigmar's Pilgrims and Josh Jenkins from just being my friend. Just Josh Jenkins. Just Josh Jenkins, man. I just love Josh Jenkins. Right, okay, so what was in the list? Great question. Really diverse 4-1 bracket here. Um, absolutely really diverse. So start off with Adam Mumford from Team Lit. He's running a Venari Lord Regent in Illumineth Realm Lord's Helon list. Lord Regent obviously able to make it so uh, up to D3 units can obviously uh, get the power of Heesh for the mortal wounds on their weapons. Techless with all of the things Techless can do and the Sinari Cathalar. Now, if you are interested in listening to um, uh, someone talk about this in detail, there is a video coming out 
in the next week or so where Mr. Matt Goldsborough uh, talks us through the kind of like techless Sentinel build. And um, uh, it's currently on my Patreon, like the unedited version, if you ever want to go check it out. It's available to listen to right now. Um, and then he's got a Sonari Cathalar on his list. There are 30 Orland Sentinels. There are 10 Sentinels, and obviously because they're next to each other, they're going to give themselves plus six inches to the shooting. Uh, they do mortal wounds on fives at 30 inches, 36 inches, whatever it is. Um, and then five wind charges. And then the Umbral Spell Portal on the Rune of Petrification. Rune of Petrification goes off in the beginning and the end of each movement phase, four plus D3 mortal wounds, uh, which is pretty powerful. Combine that with the Umbral Spell Portal on Techlist in the Searing White Light, and you're able to do AoE mortal wound damage and the Sentinels to pop it off. Uh, they're all in Helon, so if you get within six inches, they all get an additional shot, which is pretty crazy. Okay, so well done to him. Uh, so that was um, Mr. Adam Mumford uh, from Team Lit. Mr. Matt Goldsborough was running Luminath Realm Lords Helon. He was running Archmage Techless, a Scenario Cathalar, and a Venari Lord Regent. He then ran 10 Wardens, 10 more Wardens, and twenty uh, and 40 Sentinels with the Umbral Spell Portal and the Rune of Petrification. Now, you might think, Rob, you've, written the, you've read the same list again, but actually that's not true. I haven't. It's just a similar list. Very similar. Mr. Colonel Cabbage, uh, who went 4-1, had a Beast of Chaos Gavspawn list. He had one, two, three, four, five Doom Balls in his list, one with the mutilating, uh, Mutating Gnarl Blade and one with the Arcane Tome. He then had Grashrex Felhuth. He then had one unit of ten Ongor and three units of three Bulgore, a Chimera, a Saigor, a Gorgon, and a Jabberslide. And that Jabberslide I heard killed an entire Basilodon in one round of combat. Two lots of ten Ongor, a Chaos Spawn, and Grashrex Despoilers. Uh, so I spoke to Charlie about this because he also stayed at my house. <laughs> and Charlie just said he just was going around beating people up with Doobles, having a great time. Uh, and then he, it was a weird off-meta list. He really enjoyed it and did super well. The book is about to change, so we're not going to go into any particular detail on it, but I'm glad to see the Doom Balls having a good last run out. Glenn Friend, friend? Glenn Friend from Sigmar's Pilgrims was running a Lumineth Realm Lords Yometrica list, so quite different. He had Archmaid Teclis, an Avalonor, and the Alarith Stone Mage. Don't forget, Avalonor can make up to three units, minus one to hit. Uh, Alarith Stone Mage gives um, uh, a unit of Stone Guard. Uh, plus one to their uh, wounds characteristic um, because of the uh, the command trait enduring stoicism. Is that what it is? Uh, I can't remember what it is. But anyway, the Stone Mage buffs the Stone Guard. He's got 10 Stone Guard, two lots of five Stone Guard, and then the Rune of Petrification, right? Uh, absolute, my boy Glenn. Uh, shout out to Glenn. I don't know if Glenn's done super well before, but Glenn Friend uh, doing really well there. So shout out to him. Excellent work there. And then the final 4-1 was Josh Jenkins of Josh Jenkins fame. And he was running a Lumineth Realm Lords Helon list. He was running Teclis, a Cathalar, and the Sonari Lawseeker, different to a Lord Regent. Then he had 20 Sentinels, 20 Wardens, 5 Blade Lords, and 5 Wind Chargers with the Umbral Spell Portal and the Rune of Petrification. Now, if you keep in track, that's, I think, 5 of our... Uh, in fact, let me just double-check... Uh, yeah, five of our <laughs> four one bracket of six are Luminous Throne Lords. Now, if you go back and watch the General's Handbook video, five of the top seven, thank you, King Rico. If you go back and watch the General's Handbook video review that I did, or no, the Battle Scroll video that I did, you'll see that I said that this is the best army in the game at the moment, and it will be the best army in the new GHB. 
Will it be able to beat the Slaves to Darkness coming up? It's a great question. Not really sure. Uh, you've got some pretty strong stuff in that Slaves to Darkness book, but it's definitely the strongest army, in my opinion, in the game right now. Uh, will the stats bear that out? We'll have to wait until we get the stats results, but I would say that they're looking really good. The next event takes us over to Florida in Old Vineland Road in Kissimmee in Florida. Uh, this is the Here We Go Again Lads AOS Store Championships. I know what you're asking, what store? Well, if you do go to a strip mall in Kissimmee, you can go to the Coliseum of Comics. Uh, here you can see where 20 players battled it out to become the champion of the Coliseum of Comics. And that's a pretty cool title to have, the champion of the Coliseum. The event was won by Daniel Gomez of the gaming club Threat Level Midnight. He was running the Stormcast Eternals army, the Scions of the Storm, and he had the army sub-faction, uh, sorry, Stormcast Eternals army type was Scions of the Storm, and it was Hallowed Knights was the sub-faction. He had Garda Steel Soul in his army and a Knight Draconis. Garda Steel Soul obviously giving you a five-up ward save aura uh, to his Knight Draconis, his four Storm Drake Guard, and his two Storm Drake Guard, making up six Storm Drake Guard. And then his battle line of five vanquishers. His Knight Dragonis, as a general, had the command trait Master of Magic, allowing you to reroll a cast, unbind, and dispel, making him a wizard. And then he was able to take the Celestial Blades spell, which gives plus one to wound, uh, which doubles up really nicely with all that attack on the Storm Drake Guard. Then he had a Storm Drake Chariot for doing mortal wounds and also uh, mortal wounds on the charge and also pinning units in it's 12 wounds on a 3 up armor save it's pretty good and then you've got uh, 3 vanguard raptors with long strike crossbows which I'm sure I'm sure would have had the holy command um, uh, shoot twice whatever it's called thunderbolt volley uh, which meant they would have shot from 30 inches doing 2 mortal wounds on 6s to hit and then they would have been able to shoot in the shooting hero phase once per battle and then also shoot in the shooting phase uh, and then you then have to deal with six storm drake guard coming to beat your face up so loads of mortal wounds at range loads of throw up armor saves loads of damage uh, just a really solid list really good Okay, a 4-1 bracket. We've got Sean Page from the More More Warfire Club along with Timothy Page uh, I think they're brothers I think they're brothers is what I heard. Or they're married. One of the two. Sean Page, Timothy Page, let me know. And then Chris Kennedy in third place, but with a Gloom Spike Gits list. Uh, sorry, in fourth place, but in the 4-1 uh, bracket with a Gloom Spike Gits. So Sean Page was running a Seraphon list. He had Soros Astroth Banabera, Skink Star Priest, a Slan Star Master, and a Skink Priest. He had 30 Skinks, 10 Skinks, and 10 more Skinks, all in the sub-faction, the Fangs of Sotek, meaning that they get... Uh, they get additional move at the start of uh, turn one. Uh, so additional uh, move. Uh, and then they also um, have a command ability that allows them to shoot and retreat on a four plus, uh, which is very useful on their skinks who get pluses uh, to their to hits. But also, and most importantly, they do mortals on sixes to wound and they have a lot of shots. Slan does mortal wounds at range and buffs the rest of the army. The Astroth Banner Bearer buffs the Slan so he can cast better and do even more spells at range. Then two lots of ten skinks, a unit of Ravenax, uh, sorry, a unit of Salamanders, uh, two units of three Croxagore, which is actually pretty unique, and then another unit of Salamanders. Uh, so two twos of salamanders. Uh, so they do loads of mortal wounds in combat and at shooting. They've even gone up 10 points in the latest battle scroll update. They started out at 80 points and now 150 points for one. A pretty significant points increase. And they're still incredibly good. Uh, they're also in the Bounty Hunters Battalion. 
And then Ravenax Slashing Jaws has another spell that does a load of mortal wounds. So no Engine of the Gods in this list, uh, which is quite interesting. And it's quite cool to see how much extra stuff you can fit in when there's no engine in there. Um, so uh, absolutely excellent work. Uh, so that was being run by Sean Page. Timothy Page was running a uh, Stormcast Eternals list with a Celestine Prime, Lord Relictor, a Battle Mage, and a Lord Imperitant. Five Vanquishers, five Liberators, two times two Dracothian Guard Formulators, and the Everblaze Comet, and then three lots of three Annihilators, sorry, two lots of three Annihilators, uh, with Grand Hammers as well. So a, a bunch of different battalions, Expert Conquerors, Bounty Hunters, and the Vanguard Battalion. Expert Conquerors um, were the um, uh, the Vanquishers, uh, sorry, Unit of Vanquishers, Unit of Liberators. The Bounty Hunters were the Fulminators and one unit of Annihilators as well. So he, loads of extra damage. So Fulminators, as we know, are just great hammer units that do loads of damage. Annihilators drop from the sky, do mortal wounds, and then do loads of damage. The Everblaze Comet does mortal wounds in AoE. Uh, and then the Lord Imperitant helps the Annihilators drop down and get those charges from 7 inches. Lord Relictor can teleport units around the board. The Battle Mage is casting a spell giving plus 3 to charge to those Fulminators so they can teleport within 9 and then charge on a 6-up rerollable. Celestial Prime dropping down doing Mortal Wounds in AoE and then also charging. So the stuff drops and teleports all around the board gets pluses to charge, does loads of AoE mortal wounds, has great armor save, and then just hits you like a truck in combat. So just a load of combos there that's a real headache to play against. And then finally, the legend, Chris Kennedy, with with a Gits list, and it's an MSU, multiple small units list. Goons like Gits. He had a fungoid cave shaman, a fungoid cave shaman with the Hannah Gork and Calder Moon on each of those. A madcap shaman with the Moonface Momet, which reduces your armor save. And the spell Itchy Nuisance, which makes you fight last. Then the Dankhold Trogboss, who was the general uh, with the Arcane Tome and Flaming Weapons. Then one unit of minimum three Felwater Trogoths. Three units of 20 shooters. Uh, sorry, two units of 20 shooters and a unit of stabbers. Then you've got a un three units of three Rockgut Trogoths, three units of five Boingrot Bounders, the Marshcrawler Slogoth, giving everyone plus one to hit in an AoE, and then a Scuttletide. So it sounds like it's going to be really important for him to get off that itchy nuisance to make it so that the enemy fights last, so that he can engage on multiple fronts. But he's got loads of opportunity to hit stuff, run away, hold objectives, trade with little units, all sorts of stuff. And just really interesting as a list. Loads of MSU, nothing big. What we've mainly been seeing people do with Gits is taking loads of Squig Herd, which is like two wounds each, and then having them rally on a four plus. And then if they all do die, having half of them come back through the Lone Shrine. But instead, this looks like he's just taking loads of stuff and is running around. Also missing quite a few of the buff pieces that you normally would see. Because normally what you'd see is like a unit of Sneaky Snufflers, which would buff a unit. But because he hasn't taken any large units, he's not trying to buff any large units. Genuinely very, very cool. Really cool list. Love to see it. So, uh, I'm happy to report our first Age of Sigmar event results ever from China, uh, which is cool. We love that. I know that we have gaming clubs in Cuba. I know we've got gaming clubs in South Africa. Like I know that we've got uh, the Philippines recently had the, a tournament, which was super cool. Cuba had their first event last year. So, it's really nice seeing all these different uh, events happen in all these different places all around the world. So, this one was, in, uh, it was called Shanghai Slaughter. And it featured, uh, it featured 20 players at Shanghai Slaughter. And it was being held in, the, I'm going to try and say this right, the Pudong Gao Zhao Zhen Comprehensive Treatment 
work centre in Shanghai. So I've obviously not got that right, but I tried really hard, which is important. The event was won, uh, and uh, the first 5-0 coming out of China was by Huang Ho A uh, of Team Lettuce Dog which is a fun name, Team Lettuce Dog. Uh, and he was running Seraphon Thunder Lizard. <laughs> so even though you, like, you go to China, it's still just Seraphon Thunder Lizard. He had an Engine of the Gods with the Command Trait Prime War Beast and the Mount Trait Beastmaster. Um, and the, uh, he had a Celestine Prime. The Engine of the Gods is a, uh, well, not in this case, but is a priest, a totem, a great combat unit, uh, is able to summon or buff enemy units and a shooting unit as well. Uh, sorry, not summon enemy units, summon units to fight the enemy. Uh, it's an incredibly powerful buff piece, really useful, really good. Uh, the engine that got, and then can fight incredibly well. Celestine uh, Prime does AoE mortal wounds at range, as we've talked about multiple times, uh, which combos with Lord Croak, who not only can do Comet's Core, which is in uh, kind of an AoE kind of mortal wound spell, but you also get to do his... Um, special War Scroll spell, which is doing AoE Mortal Wounds three times. He can cast the same spell three times. So, Mortal Wounds, Mortal Wounds, Mortal Wounds. Uh, and then he had uh, Skink's Star Priest, a unit of five Soros Guard, obviously bodyguarding Croak, a unit of ten Soros Knights, a unit of five Soros Knights, and a unit of ten Skinks. And then he had a buffed unit of Razordons, a Razordon hunting pack, which is pretty exciting. And the Umbral Spell Portal, I assume to do Croak spell through um, and do a bunch of different damage via Croak. Croak, Lord Croak, I probably should have talked about a little bit more. An incredible spellcaster, especially with an Ashloth Banner Bearer in the list, but there isn't one in this list. Um, uh, great unbinding, board-wide unbinds, cast four spells, just the epitome of kind of like a damage-dealing uh, magic caster, just very, very powerful. Uh, cool list, it's good to see that even... Razordons is a cute pick. Even when we travel across the world, we're still seeing Seraphon Thunder Lizard. So uh, the final four ones uh, for this event is we've got Nikola, uh, Nikola Jankovic, who someone in the chat thinks might be Serbian, but playing in China. So if you are Nikola, then please do let us know. Of the gaming club Shanghai Monkey Nuts playing Sylvaneth. Andy Lucan uh, playing Saves to Darkness with the Knights of the Empty Throne list. And then Lawrence Chi of the Wuxi Warriors me in the chat have been trying to work on that um, playing Sylvaneth and the Heartwood uh, so let's just take a look at the list shall we so the, our first Sylvaneth list um, being played by Nicola uh, was a null root list uh, with the season of the dwindling with an Arch Revenant a True Lord Ancient so the True Lord Ancient pops down a Wildwood which is super useful for the army that wants to teleport between different port parts of the board as its way main way of doing movement and it's for utility for casting spells through for the Warsong Revenant who's able to do the spell singing uh, of casting spells through the Wildwood um, and then uh, and also being able to do things like uh, reduce rend around it then you got a unit of dryads two units of five tree revenants a unit of six Kurnoth Hunters with Great Swords and a Unit 3 with Great Bows. The Vengeful Skull Root, which is really fun. The Glade Wyrm and the Spite Swarm Hive. Uh, what I like about the Vengeful Skull Root is it does AoE Mortal Wounds as well, which combos really nicely with the Warsong Revenant. Um, Trill Ancient is really just like a hot pick at the minute and it's reduced down in points. Um, and then you've got just min battle line. So everything's, all the heavy lifting is really going to be done by uh, the Kurnoth Hunters with Great Swords and Great Bows and all of the spell casting. So that's where the damage is coming from. The Slaves to Darkness list, uh, and it looks like it's the new Slaves to Darkness army uh, being run by Andy Lucan. 
uh, was running a uh, Knights of the Empty Throne list. So don't forget, this means that you've got Varangard could be Battleline. Varangard can also rally on a 5+, plus, but it needs to be the general who issues the rally, uh, which is really important as well. And they also get run and charge. He's got Chaos Sorcerer Lord with the Marker Nurgle and the Arcane Tome and the spell Demonic Speed, which means you can pick a unit and they are able to charge from outside 18 inches and charge on a 3d6. Then the General is a Varangard unit, obviously, with the Mark of Corn and the Fell Spear, so they can get plus one attack on the charge. Then Battle Line is a unit of Varangard with the Mark of Corn, another unit of Varangard with the Mark of Corn. Same thing. Don't forget, Varangard also get to pile in attack twice. They are six wounds on a three up armor save, uh, which is really good with a spell ignore as well, um, which is just decent. Or, or is it a, or it's a ward save against more wounds, one of the two. Uh, unit Splinter Fang. Uh, for uh, doing loads of damage in combat. Uh, a unit of the Unmade for making it so you can't rally um, or inspire presence in range. Two units of Corvus Cabal, which are going to be really excellent um, if they're playing old GHB for being able to do uh, Barsha Enemy Lines. Um, and then the Cronspine Incarnate of Gur. Um, uh, thank you. It's a five wounds per unit. Uh, sorry, five wounds in the Varangard unit. So they're 15 wounds. And they have a four plus ward save against mortal wounds. Yes. Um, it's no redeploy. I thought it was... Oh, it's no redeploy and no rally from the Unmade is what you get from the Unmade. Um, and then, obviously, the Cronspine and everything the Cronspine we've talked about earlier and what it can do, which is pretty decent. So, uh, yeah, really interesting uh, army um, and Varangard. It's quite interesting. Like, they're very tanky. They have amazing output, but there are not a lot of wounds in this army. Like, there's not a lot in there. Oh, there was also a unit of Theradons. And I guess that's why the Incarnate is in there. The Incarnate is to make up for the fact that you need something to kind of tank a lot of the damage, which is what the Cronspine Incarnate is there for. That's basically what it does. And then our final 4-1 is uh, by Lawrence Chi of the Wushu Warriors. And he was running Silvereth, Heartwood, and he had a Spirit of Durthu, an Arch Revenant, a Warsong Revenant. Spirit of Durthu is just a big combat monster. Arch Revenant uh, buffs up uh, units of Colonel Hunters. So it's going to be the unit of six Colonel Hunters with Scythe. And then the Warsong Revenant with, again, Spellsinger doing spells through the trees. A unit of Dryads, a unit of Tree Revenants, or basic units, and then a unit of three Revenant Seekers, and then a unit of Gossamid Archers. Now, Gossamid Archers at 220 points for a unit of five is interesting. They do have the ability that if you charge them, then on a two plus, they get to run away. So they're a little bit more survivable uh, than maybe we give them credit for. And they've got a great shooting attack, which does a bunch of more wounds. But 220 points is really... Really expensive, but they've made it into loads and loads of lists, which I found pretty fun. Okay, so what do I think? Uh, obviously, new GHB is out, but there's still going to be a load of tournament results that come in. Example, we've got CanCon coming up and the Las Vegas Open, which is going to be huge 200-plus people events. And they're all going to be using the current General's Handbook, or like last season's General Handbook, I guess, if you will. So... That's kind of an interest. We're kind of this interesting point where my headspace is definitely in what the future game looks like. A lot of people still play in the current game, um, and that's pretty wild because I think a lot of people are going to start moving and pivoting towards uh, some of the future game stuff, which looks like Lumineth Realm Wards is going to be uh, very effective. Lots of Silvereth in the list as well, which I've really enjoyed seeing. Um, we're still waiting for uh, the Saves of Darkness to hit the ground running because people are having to build them and paint them. They had the Christmas period to do so and a bunch more is on pre-order now. So I'd expect to see more Slaves of Darkness. I actually think Slaves of Darkness is probably going to be one of, if not the most popular faction in Age of Sigmar. The good thing is for Stormcast, currently the most popular faction in Age of Sigmar, is that they're quite good. They're very good into the next version. 
um, they're, they're of Age of Sigmar. So they've got good Galician champions, good sharpshoot units, and generally are just very good anyway. A lot of their lists are already really strong and they didn't change in the Battle Scroll update. So they might stay on top because the last time they weren't the most popular faction is when they weren't very good at all. And they're good in this version of Age of Sigmar. And they're just generally good anyway, as we've seen. So, uh, yeah, but I think Slaves of Darkness probably will end up being the second most popular faction. I reckon there'll be loads of them. And they kind of pose an interesting convo because they've got good armor saves and they're really good in melee. Uh, but these lists that we've seen do quite well at the weekend have been castle builds that have sat at the back of the board, Lumineth and also Sylvaneth. So kind of interesting to see how those two different archetypes bounce against each other in the future. Anyway, hope you've really enjoyed the show or the podcast if you listen to either of them. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, then please do join the Honest Gamer Patreon, uh, where you can see advanced bits, vote on polls, all sorts of other stuff. Well, just help me out. Just help me out. If you like what I make, just help me out. That'd be great. Thanks. Uh, other than that, uh, thank you to everyone who contributes to help make this happen. A special shout out to Mr. Warhammer Rob, whose birthday is today, who always sends me all the info ahead of time. He also contributes to all the stats, which you can find on the Honest Wargamer tab, um, or the stats tab on the Honest Wargamer website, the honestwargamer.com, where you can look at all the event results, and that's run by Ziggy and Rob, and they make the stats for Age of Sigmar, which Games Workshop have stolen many times, um, and use uh, for formatting Battle Scroll updates in the future. So you go check it out. There's loads of cool info. Thanks for listening. See you soon.